Hey everyone, welcome back to Vampire Weekday. Once again, I'm joined by my co-host Kevin, and today we'll be covering the song Worship You off of Vampire Weekend's third album, Modern Vampires of the City. What what were your first thoughts on, on the song, Kevin? Uh, yeah, we talked, I think we even mentioned it last week, that this was a pretty religious album and that Yahe is like a, a sort of Jewish song. Um, this is almost like some sardonic, like Christian rock kind of thing. Like <laughs> it does feel tongue in cheek, but like the idea of it being a religiously tinged song is very present. Yeah, it. the first thought I had when going back and researching this um, was one meme I sent uh, sent you a while back where it showed the theme of every album in a sentence. And the theme for mm-hmm. Modern Vampires of the City was, I, I can't stop talking about God and death, and I don't know why. <laughs> like, that, that's exactly, I feel like, what this song is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's definitely, it's near the back half of the album. Um, and I think at the back half, they finally really, like, dig in um, to that theme. Um, because this this song is followed directly by Yahe, which is Ezra coming to grips with his Jewish faith. Um, and even, even the music seems to blend in to Yahe when you, you play it back to back. It doesn't seem like they're two fully separate songs like a lot of um, um, songs do on these albums. So I, I think there's definitely something there where this is this is kind of the the beginning of that journey um, towards towards facing um, his Jewish faith, and I, it, I think go, go ahead. Oh no, 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 I was just gonna say it's an it's an interesting way to end the album because correct me if I'm wrong here, but it's worship you, Yahe, and then is it not Hudson and then Young Lion? It is Hudson. Yeah, yeah. It's just a, a very strange way to end the album. I went front to back. I want to say two weeks ago now, and like we haven't talked about Yahe yet. I think you are very excited to get to that one. Yes. We've gone over Hudson and how it's this very dark thing. And then Young Lion is like, I don't really know if there's any meaning there, but it's kind of like a palate cleanser. We've talked about that idea of a palate cleanser at the tail ends of these albums. Um, but yeah, if you want to talk about God and death, uh, this is a great way to begin the end of this album. Yeah, for sure. And it, jumps right in with uh, Ezra's fast-paced lyrics. Um, I saw one comment, someone said they thought that they had just sped up the vocals uh, like 150%, but there's a ton of live performances you can watch of Ezra just going at it. <laughs> so. It's really impressive. It's like it's like an auctioneer or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's, 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 it gives it this really catchy feel along with that kind of like almost galloping guitar kind of sound. Um, this was like the, like musically at least, this was kind of the sympathy of this album. Um, mm, it was like it was used in the FIFA soundtrack. I never played FIFA, but this is the FIFA 14 soundtrack. It was in a Chase Freedom commercial in the summer of 2015. It was in an Xfinity commercial that I believe aired during the Super Bowl of 2017. Um, so this was, a, this was a song that, I mean, it was catchy and it's like, we'll use this. This is indie. The kids will listen, the kids will know it. Yeah, I, I did want to 
not not to get too off track, but I did want to ask, why does every Vampire Weekend song end up in a commercial somehow? Isn't it so funny how like like especially as we know who these characters are, like we know their background, we know they're like kind of like tenets of life and their political beliefs, and it's, it just seems weird that like these are commercial, like kind of get like watered down commercials. Yeah, and that isn't to say that musicians shouldn't sell out because that's how you make money. Yeah, and it makes your life a lot easier. Uh, but it just it does feel very funny. Yeah, when when holiday a anti war song <laughs> is is played on a what was it like a Honda commercial? Yeah, it was it was a Honda commercial. It's just kind of cognitive dissonance there, <laughs> but um, no one no one would know better uh, unless you really look at it. Um, and I I feel like this the song is the context of the song is kind of strange to be played during a fifa like just you're playing soccer and this is in the background um i don't i don't really think um grappling with the rules of judaism is usually at the top of anyone's mind during when they're playing fifa yeah you'd hate for someone to be in like the you'd have to be you hate for somebody to be like the 80th minute of a world cup game and then realize oh my god that's what this song is about but (laughs) there we go I mean, the lyrics are so fast. It's so hard to... True. What? Why do you think the lyrics are sung like that? Uh, because we said California English when we covered it. It creates this almost um, anticipation of and like on edge feeling. Uh, so what What do you think the intention of this one was? Yeah, there's, there's an urgency to it. I would say there's like an anxiety to it, but there's like an urgency to it. Um, I don't know, like thematically it works. Um, I, um, we haven't gotten to the lyrics yet, but I think the lyrics of the second verse kind of talk about what we want out of a God and we'll get into that. But like, it's almost like you're, it kind of feels like you're rushing through a set of demands or you're just trying to like get out with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think it could be that. I actually read it as almost a way to make it feel like the sarcastic approach to prayer okay i like um, that where it's like they aren't really taking it seriously and there's still this agnostic thought where it's like okay if you want it like this like go ahead like just listing off these like you said listing off these commands real quick um and it creates this lack of seriousness around um this concept that in the very next song Ezra has to grapple with and has this very serious confrontation um, paralleling Moses in the burning bush um, with his confrontation with God. Um, and so I, I, I think it definitely, there's definitely these weird um, um, contrasting styles of this song in Yahe right back to back. Yeah, this could, I mean, you're right. This could be like somebody formulaically going through an Our Father and a Hail Mary and the next day realizing like, like coming exactly like actually starting to think about what's really going on here. What actually are you saying? What are you claiming to believe in? That's yeah. cool. I like, I like that read of it. Um, yeah. And, and diving into the lyrics a little, um, it, I definitely read it as kind of this commentary on the over overly i want don't want to say strict but structurized form of religion that um 
that Ezra is coming to terms with, where it's only in the way you want it, and you being God, only in the way you want it, only in the way you want prayer, only on the day you want it, only the Sabbath, a specific day that mm-hmm. you're supposed to go, only with the understanding every single day you want it. So even though it's on that day, like you still should be living it out every single day, only and then repeat it again and again. Um, and so it's definitely like this, this commentary on it, on the structurized form of religion, um, which is very, we've talked about this a little before, but it's, it's very unapproachable to some, um, just, uh, last week in this life, um, he seemed like an onlooker, um, where he seems distant from the community and, this kind of mockery of these rules almost seems like what's creating that distance. Yeah, I, I really like that read of it because Judaism, um, for folks who might not be familiar, is just an incredibly codified religion. And nothing against the Jewish people for that, but the first five books of the Bible are pretty much all just rules with a little bit of story told in there. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it? Is it Numbers and Deuteronomy that are pretty much just straight up? Yeah. Yeah, they're they're like, brutal reads. It's it's ridiculous. Would would not recommend uh, for 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 an evening just kind of cut page turner. Um, but yeah, but to, to to your point, yeah, there's it can be alienating, and I think some other faiths might take a little bit more of a spirit of the law versus letter of the law approach, while still maintaining some like guidelines. But I think you're right; it can definitely be difficult to approach if you're meeting with like this only the way you want it, only on the day you want it, like Ezra says here. Yeah, and then moving on to verse two. Verse two is very interesting to me because it opens up the song to a, I, would, I don't even want to say secondary meaning because it, it, um, it meshes so well with the first meaning that I think they, they exist together. Um, because it's a city with the weight upon it, city in the way you want it, city with the safety of a never-ending blessing on it. That's, it has to be referring to Jerusalem, the promised land um, mm-hmm. for, for Judaism. Um, it's the, the city with the weight of being this promised, uh, just sanctuary for, for Judaism. Um, but it has to be in the way God wants it. Um, but it, again, it has this never ending blessing on it. Um, it's always blessed by God, um, no matter what. Um, and what that tells me is that we can interchange whenever there's you, um, meaning God, you can interchange it with Israel. And I feel like it still works, which isn't much of a stretch because in Judaism, Israel and God are these concepts that are so closely knit that so many um, passages in, in in the Torah are talking about both at the same time. They're talking mm-hmm. about the heavenly meaning with God, but also the earthly meaning with Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a really cool way to capture um, capture that significance of Jerusalem, which goes straight into the chorus, where 
we worshiped you, your red right hand, um, which we'll, we'll dive into in a second, but won't we see you once again in foreign soil and foreign land who will guide us through the end? That's, that's talking about the Jewish diaspora where yes. they're banished from, from the promised land. Um, won't we see you once again? You at, Again, you can read it as God, but you can also read it as Jerusalem. Um, they're searching, they're in foreign soil, they're in foreign land, but they want to get back. Yeah, I think there's a little bit more of a tangibility to it when you read it like that. And uh, I love your I love your analysis of this. When I see city with the weight upon it, I see what you said about how this is just like a place that has been like bestowed as this like important like sanctuary for the Jewish people. But I also see city with a weight upon it as in a very tenuous like physical situation. I mean, we could go at length about how that particular part of the world has been a constant sort of conflict for thousands of years. And I, I guess that's kind of how the way I look at city with the weight upon it in that yeah. respect. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great connection. I didn't, I didn't make, uh, it definitely has modern day meaning as well, which just adds, adds to it. Um, so what did you think of the term your red right hand? Cause there's, there's something there. There is. Yeah. And, I don't know if this is drawing from some sort of like some sort of source in particular. It almost felt like vengeful, like red, we kind of associate with like a negative or almost evil color. And, you know, worship is typically a term reserved for like a deity. And to think of that as being a vengeful or kind of an aggressive figure is interesting. It's very interesting. What were your thoughts? Yeah, so your red right hand is actually a term that originated in Paradise Lost um, by, oh. um, by John Milton. And in it, he, he refers to, there's, there's actually a lack of clarity, but um, most people interpret it as a referral to God with your red right hand. Um, it, it's essentially saying God's right hand can bestow uh, judgment. And so that's where the red comes in. Like you mm -hmm. said, it, it can be vengeful. Um, it's, it's not all rain, rainbows and uh, like um, sunshine um, mm -hmm. in, in, in the Bible. There's, there's examples of God ex extracting uh, vengeance on, on those who, who do wrong. And so, so I, I, I think your red right hand is pretty fitting of, of the, the God that, um, that is worshiped within Judaism, but, but even in Christianity too. Yeah, I, I, I dig that read of it. Um, you touched briefly on the um, in foreign soil and foreign land talking about like the Jewish diaspora. And we talked about this last night off the air about how the Jewish population worldwide is 14.7 million people. That's not that many people. And so considering how spread out they are with, of course, a couple of minor exceptions, like the uh, country of Israel kind of being a, a, like a, a epicenter of the Jewish population, they're kind of spread out. And I think that definitely plays into this. My, my mind also immediately went to um, the 40 years the Jewish people spent in the desert making their way to the promised land, um, especially with that who will guide us through the end 
in foreign soil and foreign land. The Jewish people obviously displaced into Egypt, kept under slavery, liberated, and then made their way over the course of 40 years to the promised land. Yeah, one, one thing I did want to point out is I was listening to it earlier and it almost sounds like he's saying not in foreign soil and foreign land. He's saying in fallen sut in foreign land, um, which I don't think changes the meaning, but it adds to it. And I actually watched a couple live versions and it's it still feels that way um, just in the 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 way that foreign is said differently the two times okay um, the second time is a lot more clear and the for the first time is usually pretty pretty like relaxed um and i i read it as i mean when when they were kicked out of jerusalem it was it was a massacre like they, they, their community was destroyed um all their homes were destroyed um and so in fallen sut in this stage of of horrid horribleness mm-hmm. um in foreign land so i don't think it changes the meaning whatsoever but i, I think it does add to it in in displaying this um this image of someone longing to go back to the promised land to Jerusalem, but being in a place where they look around and there's just fallen set all around them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I take I did that read of it. That's, that's cool. I, I, I guess I didn't catch that. It's uh, again, Ezra pronouncing things a little funny and giving us some fits. Yeah, he, he seems to do it a lot. There, there's enough examples within the discography um that i don't really feel like it's a stretch anymore to say that he does that intentionally it's intentional. double meetings yeah. um with um campus the uh stone and grass stolen land mm-hmm. um example coming kefir coffee i mean come on yeah, yeah we've done that <laughs> <laughs> um so i i i always think that's a really really cool thing that he's able to do um because it's definitely not something that would come to mind if I ever tried to write a song. No. Um, so it just shows how skilled, skilled a songwriter he is. Songwriting in general just amazes me. Like <laughs> we may have gone over this, but it's just like, how do you freaking do this? Yeah. You got to be good. Oh, yeah. for sure. For sure. And then verse three. Um, verse three, I, I read as as the narrator dealing with the question of why does human suffering exist? Mm -hmm. If there's a God calling on a change, you want it calling on the same, you want it calling for the misery to always be explained. You want it. Um, And so it's this questioning of why, why does this exist? Why, why do the suffering, why is suffering needed? Um, did you have anything to add to that? Yeah, when I referred to verse two earlier, this is kind of what I what I meant. Um, was reading it a little bit differently. We're using a different lexology, I guess, between the two of us. Um, <laughs> I um, this is yeah, it's looking at like what do you want out of a god? And I think it kind of plays into your point of 
why this is sped up. We're looking at prayer as kind of this transactional, like rushed thing. If you look at what people like are thinking of in prayer, you can look at one of the main things that folks might go to is in times of trouble, times of like despair, you're going to go to prayer. It's, it's something, mm-hmm. something, you know, I mean, when things are going poorly and I think it's a, it's a, it's a question a lot of folks ask, like, why are things bad? Why does that have to be that way? Why God is this awful thing happening to me? Yeah. You know what it almost reminds me of with the sarcastic prayer comment? It reminds me of like, if a teenager is, is mad and like rebellious and they're, they're asked to like lead prayer at dinner and they're just like, like, uh, what's the Lord? He's like, they're just like saying it's super quick to just like get it over with and and the mom just being like joseph come on exactly <laughs> um, yes that's like what it reminds me of just as we're kind of trying to get through it trying to get um through this needed prayer um and not really taking it seriously at all Which, no i, like I think said, it's... it's just complete contrast to the next song that is a funny read of it i like that um, I also just want to make a point. I just used the term lexology. I think I was going for lexicon. Uh, lexology <laughs> is a um, legal resource. Basically, just keep a bunch of legal documents um, for lawyers. So I just want to make clarity there. Uh, we radio. are committed to fact-based reporting here at Vampire <laughs> Weekday. Uh, I'll keep that up. Love to hear it. <laughs> um, and then the final verse of the song um, energetic praise you wanted any kind of praise you wanted um little bit of light to get us through the final days you wanted so two things stick out to me about that one that i just noticed right now is this is the only verse where they say energetic praise you wanted wanted instead of the other verses where it says you want it like yes. in the present tense, and mm-hmm. this is in the past tense. What meaning does that have? Um, maybe it's lo- him looking back on his interactions. Yeah, it's um, my first thought is that he's given up, or yeah. like maybe not given up, but again, like looking back on a previous practice. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I, I, I definitely think there's something there about him kind of giving up and just wanting to move on with his life at this point. Um, the other thing that sticks out to me is in each line, the amount and form of praise is decreased. And so you have this energetic, oh. excited praise at first you wanted, and then it decreases to, okay, any kind of praise you, you wanted, and then it decreases again to okay, just a little bit of light to get us through the final days. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's kind of this plea where it goes from asking for this this uh, thing and then just like slowly being worn down to where it's like, okay, just give me a little bit of light. Just g- give me a little Man. bit of light. I like that. I... um. I guess I'm trying to think how that might relate to the bigger picture. Um, but you're right. That is, that that's kind of a neat thought there. Um, you could think about how 
this album progresses and it starts a little more positive than it ends. Um, so you can make a case there maybe. Yeah. I, it definitely reminds me of um, the unbelievers uh, lyrics where it's like a little bit of light for me. Who's going to save a little, little bit of light for me. Um, but that's hopeful. Like this yes. is like not hopeful. No, not at all. Not at all. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, so I, I, I really like the song. I think it, for for it to have the amount of meaning that it is accustomed to most Vampire Weekend songs, I think it needs to be read with Yahe. Um, but still, it's, it's a very very cool song. Um, the way they're able to play with the music and tone and pace of the song to add extra meaning uh is is very very cool yeah musically it's a really fun song and um kind of like you said like there's 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 stuff going on here and i think it's kind of the same case with a lot of these songs like a cursory look at it might lend itself to there's something going on here but like it's still just enjoyable to listen to and then kind of with a little bit of a deeper dive like we're doing here there's kind of a lot going on here yeah, definitely. Um, any final thoughts on the song? It's a good song. I um I really wasn't too well versed in modern vampires, and getting into it more and kind of seeing how these songs interplay off of each other is really rewarding. And this is definitely a piece of that puzzle. Mm hmm. I I I do have one final thought when researching this. I came across a Reddit thread that said, "What do you think of the religious aspect of modern vampires in the city?" And most people are like, oh, it's cool. Like, it's cool to see how he's looking at it through his eyes. And like, it, it what mo most people are viewing it from a outside view and just kind of happy to see Ezra writing about what he wants to write about and mm -hmm. progressing as a songwriter. <laughs> but there was one, um, one Redditor who, um, was just like mad about it he was like i think he forced it i mean one or two songs would be fine but you can strongly connect god to 80 to 85 percent of the album <laughs> no it's just like dude it's his album like he he exactly. wrote it, <laughs> and and it he, but, he can write what he wants to write and even if that's the case and you think you're gonna get bored with it i think an another redditor a different thread i saw earlier said we're doing a great job of trying different things, like in different approaches to what that, that God is. I mean, we just talked about earlier, unbelievers is hopeful. This isn't, um, yeah, there's, there's different ways of attacking that here. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Favorite lyric. Shoot. I didn't think about this. You go first. <laughs> I'm gonna let you go first this week. Ooh, um, I'm going to go with in foreign soil and foreign land who will guide us through the end. It's a good choice. Uh, I'm going to go with city with the safety of a never ending blessing on it. I, I almost chose that. Mm -hmm. that. That one's great. That's cool. Uh, top five. This life, stranger, harmony hall, I think that those are going to be my top three for a long time unless something crazy mm -hmm. happens. Um, 
let's go holiday and let's sneak Jonathan Lowe in there at the number five spot. <laughs> <laughs> you won't let go. You won't let go. It's staying up there, baby. Okay, I think I'm going to go Unbearably White, Stranger, This Life, Unbelievers, Spring Snow. Strong. Strong. <laughs> we're definitely, we're favoring Father of the Bride. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I talked to you about this off the air, but I, I, I consider it to be a top 10 album for me personally. Mm. It's, it's just fantastic. Yeah, I'm surprised. How many modern vampires songs have we covered? We have done Worship You. Um, I think it's only Worship You, Hudson, and Unbelievers. Okay. Well, there so there's a go. lot to get into still. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, because I feel like I feel like Diane Young might have a chance at top five. I Yahe, think it'll Yahe is might... easily going to break in there for me. I think yeah, Diane Young might be top three. That could push out Harmony Hall. Yeah. I'm I'm not as big a Harmony Hall fan as as you are, but it's definitely like if I'm in the right mood, sunny day, like it's the song. It's the Spampire Weekend song to listen Sounds to. Sounds like you're not listening to the lyrics, Nico. There's a lot going on there. You can't just enjoy that on a sunny day. Nico sends me a text earlier. It's 78, and he's listening to Touch of Grey in beautiful uh, Santa Clara, California. It's just not even fair anymore, folks. Like, you no. can't do this. No. Just teasing, Kevin. It's like we, we had one of those snowstorms this morning. There's basically no visibility, and now there's snow on all the trees. It's – but, hey – you get what you give. Where are you at, Kevin, for the audience? I'm in Chicago, Illinois. Oh, did go we not? Did we talk about? Did we talk about that? Yeah, go Bears. We talked about where we're from and where. Well, at least where we are right now. Maybe. I don't know. All right, whatever. Who knows? Okay. So once again, Kevin will be taking the lead with the hat of the week. So go ahead. Yeah. So this is a. It's kind of. A, I don't know if you call this like a maroon. Think of like a Florida State's like pants. Well, no, they're, they're jerseys faded that we, color. We almost went a whole episode without football talk. Wow. <laughs> and then we've got, it says Utah rocks exclamation mark. And it's got little pictures of some geographic features from Zion, Bryce Canyon and arches national parks on a hat folks. <laughs> they just don't make them like this anymore. So the song of the week is Bryn. Oh, fun. We're, we're, we're covering a lot of the first album. There's there's like a big missing part from the second and third album. Yeah, we haven't done much Contra. We haven't done much. So Our last song is going to be like, I think you're a Contra. We're just going to end like in misery. Yeah. yeah <laughs> well, well, the last, it's that or the last song will be the one that's not really a vampire weekend song and you said that neither of us have heard it right the mystery correct okay (laughs) all right yeah thanks for joining us this week and tune in next week for Bryn. we'll see you guys take it easy guys